tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight only on Disney+. Plus. Greetings, humans. You have entered the Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Command Zone Podcast. Today we have like a special episode. Uh, we're taking a moment to talk about kingmaking uh, and spite plays. It's the issues that have, have plagued multiplayer games forever. All kinds of games, mm-hmm. not just Commander. This is board games and any kind of multiplayer tabletop game forever. Uh, in CDH, kingmaking and spite plays are against the social contract. Oh. They're like, is because it official in CDH? It's against the social contract. It's very difficult to legislate. Uh, because we, you know, yep. how do you how do you define it specifically in a judge uh, mentality? Yeah, but it's a game action that doesn't necessarily further your chance of winning the game, which is against the overall mentality of CEDH. But in Casual Commander, it's a lot more contentious. It's mm-hmm. like so for some people, it's a part of their playgroup. For some people, it's like a big no-no. So we're gonna get into it. Uh, we're gonna talk about kingmaking and sportsmanship. But first. Uh, Quick, let's, let's talk about our affiliates. Yes, of course. Cardkingdom.com slash command. <laughs> if you want to get any cool magic cards that you've been thinking of getting from Phyrexia, all will be one or any other of the million sets that have come out <laughs> recently. Mars the Machine is right on the horizon. It's coming. Yep. Cardkingdom.com slash command has a huge, huge inventory. So if there is a specific card or cards that you're looking for, specific versions that you're looking for, they are going to have it. I like to use them for just entire decks. Brew yep. a deck. Go on Moxfield or something, test it out a bunch, get that list narrowed down, and then just like add all of it to cart on Card Kingdom, order whole thing, comes in one package, and now I have my deck all at mm-hmm. once, and I'm not waiting for like disparate packages to arrive with the last few pieces of my deck, which can happen if you order at other sites. So cardkingdom.com slash command, that's the place I go because they've just got a really high quality standards, and just the one package is just tough to beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Convenience is king, and yeah. that leads us to our next sponsor. That's Ultra Pro. You can go to ultrapro.com. Slash command to check out their huge store and they have a lot of stuff as well that will accommodate your Magic the Gathering products, your deck, your CEDH deck, your EDH deck, your regular, any kind of cards actually because Ultra Pro has sleeves, they've got deck box, dice, uh, play mats, anything that you would want to make your battlefield look more cool or more protected because you're trying to make your nice cards, make sure they don't get dinged up. UltraPro.com slash command is an amazing online retailer. They have a lot of deals constantly going on. You can find some great deals there. You can also just buy UltraPro products from your local game score and you'll still be supporting our show. But if you want to do so online digitally and again, get everything in one single package, UltraPro.com slash command on top of your Card Kingdom order. It's a one-two punch. I guess there's a third part of this punch, Yeah, this too. is the third punch. A <laughs> now pick, it's a, if a, a, you a will. combo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, 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 a combo. The final way you can support our show is directly. You can go to patreon.com slash command zone and offer your bucks to make this show better and get access to behind-the-scenes content. Uh, like uh, Extra Turns has Turn Talks, which is really... It's, it's my favorite thing to record, honestly. The gameplay is so much fun. But I love turn talks because we get to talk about what happened in the game, what we would have done if we had one more turn, what we could have done if we hadn't been foiled. What we uh, wish we'd done instead of what, what we, we actually did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we drew that land. Uh, but become a patron, patron so you can get access to that content and you can see our other stuff early and just support the show. Uh, the other thing that we do for our patrons is we... Uh, announce one lucky, lucky patron every episode and this episode is dedicated, dedicated to bryce morello bryce bryce you rock cool name very cool name you rock all right let's get into our main topic here king making and spite plays you know mm-hmm. i like these we've sort of adapted our round table mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> still round but yeah yeah started doing these discussion type episodes and i think this is the type of episode that is tough to do in our traditional format which mm-hmm. is more of a presentation thing yeah yeah um but it's there's no firm answers in like how do you king make or like what's the best way to king make or right. you know it's all about perspective and a, yeah and opinion yeah. so I like that we're gonna have a discussion here yeah uh, about sort of king making because it's something we've touched on the show yeah. often 
over the years, but I don't think we've ever really like just parked on it and really gone deep on discussing it. So I'm well, excited. we should probably start off by just defining it. Uh, yeah. So kingmaking, and a, presumably most people listening to this podcast will have encountered a situation like this, even if they don't know of the name. Of the name, right? Yeah. And it's a uh, it happens across all games that are uh, that are multiplayer, of course. So it's where the actions of one player who for all intents and purposes cannot win the game themselves. They knowingly perform a new action that then dictates who's going to win the game. So usually three player scenarios, one player, I'm totally out, I'm going to die next turn no matter what, but I can do something that will guarantee that player A wins or player B wins. That is kingmaking. Yeah, so a simplified kingmaking scenario that comes up a lot in multiplayer, whether it's three or four players in the game, is let's say you know for reveal information or one of the players is going off that they're your next player and the player after that can both win on their turn. You have one counterspell in your hand and you can stop one of them from going off. If you stop the first one, you will die to the second if you don't stop the first one, you die to the first. But you don't have any way to win on the stack, so you're like, w- the action that you're taking is not going to improve your chances of winning the game hypothetically. Yeah, so what do you do, Kingmake? What do you do? I So that's that's the thing. You, you have these two sort of black and white options. Mm-hmm. And then there's this third option, which is you turn to the second player and you say, <laughs> all right, I have one counterspell. <laughs> I can stop this to keep us both from dying, but you have to... Not kill me. Not kill me <laughs> on your turn. And you can try and politic your way out of it. Right. Which is sort of the gray answer to kick kingmaking. But that's a, that's a very common kingmaking scenario. It can happen with uh, damage. It could happen with, all right, I've, if this person's comboing off, but I, the next player has a full board of lethal attacks. Yep. I can um, remove one blocker that can let you get in. As a result, mm-hmm. I'm still going to lose, but... So a lot of different things can arise to basically get in the situation. Also, you don't necessarily always get to have that option of being like, I'm going to negotiate with the last player to, mm. so that I survive one more turn. Because in a lot of cases, it's like, mm, if I'm going to win, I'm going to win. A deal makes no difference here. Yeah, and I think kingmaking gets to be used a little bit loosey-goosey mm-hmm. because it doesn't always have to be like, for sure you're, king, you're making a king. It's right. just yeah. like you vastly changed the the scales it can be like 90 percent to win now as opposed to 30 percent. yeah just Mm -hmm. a large percentage chance gained for one of the players that isn't you by an action that you take Mm -hmm. that could still be construed as king making it doesn't have to be literal they win it's just like i increased their chance to win by a lot Mm -hmm. based on an action i took that didn't matter for my chances to win right i think that's kind of the spirit of what king making really means so it's not did you actually make the king it's just that did you you know, affected in a, you know, yeah. who was going to be elected king. You don't elect kings, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You, did you murder the other king? <laughs> yeah. It, did you, did you hurt them so bad? King. Yeah, they could yeah. never ascend to the throne. Yeah, that's yeah. It. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I had a game just the other day where somebody Teferi's protected and it was pretty obvious that they were going to be able to, you know, win on their turn. Uh, I see. And, you know, there were two other players left and I was like, well... Or they were going to be able to kill me on their next turn. I think mm-hmm. they had a bunch of flyers, and I didn't have any flying blockers or any ways to do it. Mm-hmm. So I was dead. But it was unclear whether they could kill everyone. But I could kill other people. Mm-hmm. And that is a sort of kingmaker-esque situation where that's, you know, in the moment up to you to kind of decide, do I kill the other players mm. and just die, making the Teferi's protected player the king? Or yeah. do I not, and then I'll die, but... Maybe the other two players still have a chance. We'll, we'll still get to it. Yeah, but I have no path to victory in that moment. Right. I have paths to other people's possible victory, though. I was in a, I was, I was thinking about this. I was working on this episode, and I was like, this doesn't happen that often. And then we <laughs> played yesterday. No, we played on Sunday, and I was in a kingmaking situation where I was being attacked lethally. I could not remove, like, I could not stop from dying. But another player had a deflecting palm that put the attacking player's life total low enough after damage, so deflecting palm happens on damage, right. that I could Boros Charm and kill the player who attacked me. Oh. It wouldn't have saved me because the damage is already done, but I could I could kill the player who killed me and effectively leave the deflecting palm player as the winner. Interesting. Yeah. Right? So, like I so, could actually I could actually determine the yeah, the winner yeah. of that game. And, and we'll get into that much deeper yeah. in the episode, which is like spite plays or plays out yeah. of like, you know what? Screw this, I'm gonna do that. 
Um, yeah. But I think like we can already see from just these couple scenarios alone that kingmaking is very complex. It's much right. more than just the definition that we put up. So we have a couple more examples to go through. Yeah. Um, this one I think is actually really interesting because I've seen this happen and I personally, it, it this one irks me a bit, which is conceding as a way of kingmaking. Mm. Yeah. So it's a very easy situation. I'm being attacked for lethal and you have a bunch of lifelinkers. Mm -hmm. What happens if I concede before damage is done and you're not going to gain the life you would have from killing me as a result maybe another player can then now knock them out or they were right. depending on that life gain in order to survive and try and win the game mm. so is this sort of situation against the social contract when you concede in a way like that yes i think i agree I, <laughs> by the way i think so i mean this is a standard that's set by in a lot of play groups that you can concede you should in fact in many cases you should concede if you're not having a good time please concede but do so in a moment that is at sorcery speed on your turn. It's, there's no surprises. And you're not conceding as a weapon. You're conceding as like, you've done it. Congratulations. You've beat Graceful me. concession. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we tend to have like a loose conceded sorcery speed rule in our play group. It's seen as kind of scummy if you don't do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, because it's using something that is outside of any player's control mm -hmm. to. Yeah. There's not like a card that says conceded instance. Speed, right, right exactly yeah. but you know and and i say loose because obviously like you got a phone call on your relatives in the emergency room yes concede now get out of here go yeah exactly or like jimmy's yeah. taking his third extra turn in a row i yeah, think we can all over. look at each other and be like i'm willing to concede if you all are yeah but that's not concession as a weapon like you said i right. think when yeah using concession to deny advantage to a player that they have gained through game actions mm -hmm. that they deserve that is the part that you know, uh, yeah, I think if you do that, you should be prepared and rightfully so for people to be upset about it. Like, I, I think personally, like if somebody did that, they're probably just not getting invited back to our next commander night. Yeah. Like that, that is just not the kind of player that we want uh, to, you know, there's lots of players out there. Hopefully they can find their group. They're just, you know, not going to be part of ours. I think it's that kind of thing. But again, we're all friends. Somebody might just have a bad day, you know, be a little frustrated in that moment. I think they can yeah. be for, forgiven that stuff too. But it's just, if that kind of behavior happened a lot, I think it would be a toxic player more than somebody who's king-making. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. What if that player, let's say I'm being attacked, I'm at three life, I have a lightning bolt in hand, mm -hmm. and I go, you know what? I'm going to kill myself before your creatures can kill me. So, so then you don't get the life. It is an instant I, speed concession. Yeah. yeah it's, it's kind of like an instant speed concession, but you are in control in a way that's mm -hmm. not abusing game mechanics. Yeah, I'm actually fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's different. If you have a way to like draw yourself out or be like, ah, I lose. <laughs> Uh-oh. Now I guess you don't get your lifelink. That's a game action that you can take strategically. Because they it could is... counterspell your lightning bolt. Yeah. They could find some yeah. way to give you life. They could put cards back in your deck. Right. They yeah. have the ability to respond with mm -hmm. other game actions right. to keep their advantage. Whereas right. if you just You concede, can't counterspell a concession. What do I got? Yeah, the game doesn't <laughs> give me any down. tools. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You put your cards back on the table. <laughs> I don't care if your phone's being used for the life counter. Put it back. <laughs> I'm taking my life counter. I'm yeah, going, I'm that's gonna... even worse. Wait, no. <laughs> yes, you gained 200 you life, but how will you track it? Ah, <laughs> a loophole. Okay, so. I'm not conceding. I'm just taking my phone back. <laughs> that person's definitely not getting by the back. Okay, so the next theoretical Wait, can we at least see it. Yeah, yeah. See, can, can I take we a write screenshot before yeah, we take it away? <laughs> okay, so conceding as king making, I think we we've just figured out the line there. There's a very yeah. clear no line to everyone here, and I, I think yeah. it's pretty agreeable. So let's talk about sort of what we were mentioning with the lightning bolt, which is now game actions as a mm -hmm. form of king making. So you're not killing yourself now, but let's say you have a removal spell mm -hmm. and you're being attacked for lethal, but a big threat is maybe on the other side of the table. It's a combo piece that's on player C, mm -hmm. and you're like, you know what? Before I go, this person's been bullying me all game or whatever it is i'm going to kill that still going to die but as a result of that action you actually swing the game completely in someone else's favor yeah. is that against the social contract this is a really interesting situation because i i think i, I had a similar situation where it was like i could block to soak up the most damage and i would still die or i could block to kill the most creatures and mm -hmm. i would still die and obviously blocking to kill the most creatures doesn't save me, but it helps the the players who weren't aren't player B who killed me. Right. Um, and you get in this situation where you're like, you, like n none of these are, none of these are correct. But like, if I don't block and just leave them with their whole board, then that's an action as well. And I I th I'm in the camp of like, if you attack me and you're taking me out, that's fine and that's part of the game. But I get to 
like I get to do with that what I what I want. There are consequences for attacking. Yeah, you're still gonna play I, your I, cards and do. I'm things, yeah. yeah. I'm still gonna like I'm gonna remove your scariest thing or I'm gonna block in a way that punishes punishes you the most for taking me out. Yeah, I would call this the law of nature, mm-hmm. which is that <laughs> if a bear attacks a tiger, yeah. You know, bears a lot bigger. I don't actually know who'd win in a fight, but let's just say it seems to me that the bear is pretty advantaged in that situation, but Mm. you would not expect the tiger to just take it, right? He's going to do as much damage to the bear as Mm. possible because that's the law of nature. You try to survive. Right. Right. Even if you know you're dead with your last dying breath, you're going to scratch that that bear in the eye or do what you can, right? Mm. Any any little bit of hope you've got. And I think that is a fair response to expect Mm -hmm. when you are, when you are, trying to knock somebody out of the game. The law of nature applies. I, I'm allowed to defend myself to the best of the abilities, to, of my abilities, even if I know that mm. that will not be enough to save me. The cost of what it takes to take me out has to be factored into your calculation right. to attack me. Right. Yeah. And also that moves forward into future games. If you know that I'm not going to, if I'm just going to lay out, mm-hmm. if right. I'm going to roll yeah, over yeah. and let you take me out, then you get to take me out in situations where you wouldn't be able to because the 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 disadvantage would ma- cause you to not be able to then win the game from that point. And that has happened in a lot of games where someone's yeah. like, ah, I-, I can kill you, but you have a full board and you're untapped. I don't want to do it. Yeah, because yeah. I'll end up with three creatures then just auto-lose to the other yeah. player. Right. Yeah. So that means I cannot attack you. Yeah. But if I know you're a player that in the past has always just rolled over, then I could... So I, I need know. to set the precedent, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that that is a thing. So I think the law of nature is just, like, totally fine and mm-hmm. should be expected. And anybody who complains about people doing, you know, yeah. defending themselves in a situation. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. It's also as as like, you know, if you're a player, you're the fourth player in this scenario and you're not being attacked, but like you're watching one player go attack all out at the other player and the player who's dying says no blocks, you're like crap like there's a whole board <laughs> yeah. now i have to i expected some of this board to be gone yeah it should cost them something in to this take attack. you out yeah yeah and then you're like well now there's no okay then you sort um, of keep working making in a different direction right right yeah. Yeah. So yeah. now yeah now you've given the person who killed you no consequences for this attack and and leaving the other two players presumably in a situation where they may not have expected now i would say that all reasons for all actions are kind of valid as long as we take out the concession, not mm-hmm. at sorcery speed. Right. Yeah. Because I think we've probably all been in situations, I can remember one just the other day, where this exact scenario was happening, getting attacked for a lethal, had a removal spell or two in hand, had some blockers, blocked as best I could, used my removal spell on something else on the board to mm-hmm. help the, the rest game of the stay yeah, yeah. in a state that I, for whatever reason in that moment, based on what side I woke up on the bed or who the players mm-hmm. were or what people <laughs> have been doing to me or what happened last game or two yeah. months ago, whatever the calculation is, I decided to remove something that wasn't attacking me to, you know, get the game state to a, a place where it, where it felt good to me for whatever the calculation was. And, yeah. I, and I sort of see this like, let's imagine that it's the middle of the game, you're at 37 life, somebody attacks you with a, a nine power creature, you have a blocker, but it's, an, it's, it's, a, good, it's a good creature, you don't want to block with it. Mm-hmm. Do you block or do you not? With a nine power creature? Yeah. Like playing around a tainted strike? <laughs> do you block or do you not? Probably not, no. If it's Craig attacking you, do you block or do you not? Probably, yeah. yeah. Well, if you don't believe in king making mm. and spike plays and things like that, you shouldn't be using that information, right? Right. That's but I don't see memory. these as different. Yeah. Yeah. Game memory, I use it to my advantage, I use mm. it to my opponent's disadvantage, but it's the same calculus of like, if I know the player, mm. then all of a sudden, I will make decisions based on what they've done in the past. And that's just as valid to make any decision in the game, not just in the uh, mm. attack I just uh, described, right? Sure, yeah. Yeah, or if you're removing something, it's, oh, that's their combo piece. If you guys don't do anything about it, it's game over. But I want to see the rest of you battle it out in some fair, equitable way. So I'm just going to do this. Yeah, or a lot of times, yeah. oh, you've missed a ton of land drops. I'm going to try and even it out so you have a chance in this game. Yeah, so yeah, I'm going to yeah. remove their biggest I'll use thing. my field of ruin on yeah. someone else. And I've even done that to land. the person yeah. attacking me. Just like, okay, I get it. Like, the game's got to end. Yeah. I'll try and even it out for you and see if you can win this game. Sure, yeah. sure, yeah. You know? Yeah. Depending, yeah, I think that's usually what it is. If I'm if I'm going out, I'm going to try and leave the table in in as good of a game state as possible. Like if I can, if I can like balance it a little bit and they'll still have a good game, uh, yeah, because you want to make a dent. You want to like impact the game. That's commander. To me, it depends. Like if that person, it feels like was like just had it out for me or whatever, then then I'm going to take out their thing. Yeah. Yeah, Or if it's a player that like just kind of wins a lot, or Mm -hmm. I feel like their deck is more powerful than the other decks. Oh, for sure. I will calculate a million different things. It's Mm -hmm. not always just to put the game into the best state. Sometimes it is a response to like, you know. 
you counterspelled my thing earlier and that really, yeah. you know, that cost me the game basically. So mm-hmm. now I'm going to get back at you however I can. And I, but I think all of them are valid. They're all valid reasons. Right. Yeah. That's the thing is like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of contention around king making, but this is a social format. Yeah. This is like, there are social consequences to social actions. <laughs> like yep. if you get attacked, like there's, there's feelings are involved and for better or for worse, that's part of commander and being like, how are they, how is this player going to react to that? How is like, I, if I know this deck or if I know this person's a wild card, like all of those things impact your play because that's the game that we play. It's, it's not as linear as one V one make the best moves as possible. When you're dead, you're dead. It's, you get to be a person. <laughs> and this is not, and we've talked about this for years, but this is not unique to this game and shouldn't be treated as if it's different than how other games operate. If you play mm-hmm. werewolf with people all oh, of the yeah. time, then you're definitely going to know certain players' tendencies and you're yeah. going to use that to your advantage. And it works even when like sports. If, if I'm playing basketball at the gym and I play all the time, I know which players when it's 10 to 10 and it's 11 to win, I'm giving the ball to on that on that last possession. Mm-hmm. We're all having fun and nobody's a ball hog. And then, oh, we need to win this game. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler's getting yeah. the ball because yeah. he yeah. will he is the most likely to score. But that's game right. memory. That is right. That is using past experiences to make, you know, quote unquote better decisions. Make whatever decision you're gonna make right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I say it's all valid because you can't take the good and leave out the bad. Right. right. It's the it's the poker side of magic. Yeah. Right. Where it's like you you I know this player. I now I know how they bluff. I know like what they would do in this situation. And that's all relevant gameplay skill. It's not, you know, using outside advantage or something to to know your opponents and mm-hmm. know how your opponents are going to react and react. Uh, yourself because that's all it's all part of a social format yeah i feel like people sometimes can just be afraid too. just like oh, i don't want to do something that's going to because what if it is uh, my first time playing with this group mm-hmm. i'm going to go out and do x y and z because this is how i feel and everyone goes that wasn't that cool uh, why did mm-hmm. that happen so i think people get in situations where like you un- you are in unavoidable situations where you're dying you're gonna have to do something or not do something so wh- how do you play and we've sort of talked yeah. about this. You're adding game memory, social memory, and all this stuff into it. But for someone that's just brand new to a situation, hasn't been in main making situations before, mm-hmm. what do you actually do in those moments when you have nothing else, you know you're going to die, but you have some actions you can take? It's 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 a really tough thing. I mean, part of it is going to be reading the room. You've played a whole you've played a whole game. You know you know what's happened in this in in this game. Even if it's not game memory, it's this game memory. Mm-hmm. Um. And you, I think you take actions that will will make you feel good because that's part of this game is be like, I think I could do this cool thing and it's not going to change anything, but I'm going to do the cool thing anyway. Right. Like, or you could be like, you know what? I take I take my lumps and play it safe and just be like, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, I'm going to sit with this one removal spell in hand, but I'll do the blocks right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I think in that moment, you just have to think about what, the per- you want the perception of you to be because exactly. you're not going to change your perception of yourself in that mm. moment, right? You're making a choice. You know what you want to do. You know what you're yeah. choosing to do. What you're changing or altering or at least affecting is the other player's perception of mm-hmm. you. And then you just think of cause and effect of what you're going to do. So if I just make the blocks and hold my removal spell, does that create a perception of me that I want versus using the removal spell versus using it on an attacking thing on me or something else uh, on the board? Uh, on yeah. the board, Do I want to be seen as the player that like from hell's heart, I stab at thee as much as possible? Or do I want to see be seen? It might be like if I remove that combo piece over there on their board, maybe they go, oh, that's the kind of player they are. They're mm-hmm. a reasonable player that maybe I can trust yeah. Or later. I have yeah. to be aware of them in the future because they're always holding that one thing. Nah, yeah. They've always got something. <laughs> or maybe you just go, oh, I didn't have anything and you pretend like you were bluffing and now they have a player that might bluff across them from the yeah. table. I do but that whatever, more often than not, I feel like. Yeah, but whatever the decision you're making, you should ha- be eyes wide open about the perception coming at you, not your perception. Your yeah, perception is yours. You know it. You're just trying to affect the other people and how they see you in future mm-hmm. games because you're aware they're going to have game memory. Yeah. And they're, it's, it's bricks, right? It's not... You don't do make one play at the end of one game and the whole castle's built. <laughs> right. You laid one brick and then the next time you play, you lay another brick and the next time and before you know it, you've built, you a know. Card kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> you've built something that they can see and that has a value. It's, yeah, you're this kind of player or that kind of player mm-hmm. or you're likely to do X, Y, or Z that they're calculating into. They're either blocking your nine power creature or not and it's based on the bricks that you've laid previously. One game won't do anything. Yeah. If you can't win the short game, play the long game. Yeah. <laughs> 
at least get an advantage for later. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I can't win this game, but what I can do is give myself the smallest of advantage later. And it's just like cracking your fetch land on the end step before your turn. Mm-hmm. Very minimal advantage, but a lot of players do it, right? Like yeah. we'll yeah. take our 0.01% advantages and add them up over time. And also people in other play groups, it's totally fine if you're just like, I die. Yeah. <laughs> like no, no All one's going to be. calculations are valid. But I think in that case, yeah. you, are, you should be making the calculation that that's the player uh, yeah. persona that I want to project. Yeah. 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 Is the player that's, yeah, fine. I'm not going to even block i will you know maybe yeah. you, maybe you figure with your play style or whatever that is an advantage or i want to be invited back or all calculations are valid sure, yeah yeah, yeah that, I, I think that's going to be a through line for this episode is the thing that sheldon and the rules committee always says is play like you want to be invited back and reading the room and making sure that like everyone's having fun is yeah. still part of uh, any game night Part of any social interaction yeah. of any kind. Are yeah. you fun to be around? Right. <laughs> I mean, that makes people really nervous, though, because, you know, magic and magic players tend to be sort of on the nerdier and less, yeah. you know, it's socially, yeah. social anxiety is like a real thing. And I think people that play magic are sort of maybe more tendency towards that. It's a, it's that well, type using of magic game. to not have social anxiety. Mm, yeah. It can lead to social anxiety as a result. So I don't want people to get like scared when we talk about like reading the room and things like that. Cause that can be mm. really hard for people yeah. to do. But I think if you just break it down strategically as a perspective of like, okay, based on what my options are available here, what are the likely, you know, how they're going to look at those things and then just choose one that seems the most palatable to you. And mm-hmm. you should know any game action you take in the moment should mostly be seen as fine. Reasonable people yeah. are going to be like, whether you blocked, you didn't block, you removed something, you didn't yeah. remove something. As long as you're not doing something, you know, like conceding, conceding or yeah. something yeah. that yeah. feels like cheating. Flipping the table. Because yeah. I think it's a them problem if you block, you know, make your good blocks, kill half their creatures, and they're like, why would you block? You couldn't have lived could, anyway. Yeah. I deserve to just take you off for nothing. That's a them problem. That's not a <laughs> yeah. you problem. No. Yeah. That's yeah. a legal game action that yeah. was on board. They knew the consequences yep. of attacking yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got lots more to talk about with Kingmaking, and we're going to get into spite plays in just a few minutes. But first, we got a brief word from our sponsors. All right, we are back. We are having a lively discussion about kingmaking and mm-hmm. spite plays in Commander, but also just multiplayer gaming. Um, uh, this next one is interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. When you look at the definition of kingmaking, yeah. they have this one as well, which is direct versus indirect kingmaking. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So direct kingmaking is I do this one thing, this person wins. Or very close to that, as we've dis- discussed. You can do mm-hmm. one thing that heavily favors another player. Yeah. Indirect kingmaking is saying, I can't win, but I'm going to go for second place. Mm. And I'm going to do these things to get to second place, but don't care about winning. Right. So you're going to take down the straggler rather than go for the leader. Yeah. Or the leader attacks you in a way where you go, deflecting palm, kill someone else. I'm still <laughs> dead to you but at least i got them out of the way to get me in the second place mm. so this is interesting because surviving is a different thing some people are just there to hang some people don't mm-hmm. care about getting first place but they'd rather do the impactful thing that gets them to second or the memorable player whatever it is so indirect king making happens a lot more too i think than people realize is that something that's cool to go for second place instead of first Rachel, you actually did like a Twitter poll about this kind of, right? I did. I put out a question on Twitter because I was curious about it. I'd heard a lot of people talk about this mythical second place in Commander. And I, it doesn't mean anything to me getting second it to it like especially second place has no place. It, well, I, <laughs> so I mean, second place is something? the first loser. Whatever. I've heard all sorts yeah, of I mean, about it, second place. I'm not. I'm not, you could I'm win not by like, an Either you win or you're a loser. <laughs> yeah. And you win is get out of here. <laughs> but it, Jeez, it's hard, like, Rachel. It, but it's like second place to me is just like like I was killed last a lot of the time. <laughs> so it's not winning in Commander. Like it, it feels like a lot of the time, second place is like I had to take out the other two players because they were way scarier than you, and I now I can take you out because you weren't a problem. Oh, so like, <laughs> I, second place doesn't isn't super meaningful to me in Commander. But I asked Twitter, and I was like, does is second place like a meaningful thing to you? If yeah. you get second place, do you feel more accomplished than if you were taken out first or uh, or second? And you were surprised by the answer. I was very surprised it was like more people were like no second counts it's like 67 percent yeah. or some high yeah. Amount. yeah it's, it's yeah. like oh yeah close to a th- two-thirds of people are like yeah no uh, second works i'd rather have second i'd rather have second third, third, or, third or fourth, or fourth. Yeah. yeah yeah silver medals are nice Right. And that was very, that was very surprising Mm. to me. I don't know if that's just a me problem that I'm now discovering on Twitter, but a a lot of the comments on it were resonated with me a little bit more where they were like, honestly, I don't care what position I was taken out as long as I did something meaningful, as Mm -hmm. long as my deck did the thing, as long as I impacted the game in some way, I'm perfectly happy with whatever position I, I like if I didn't win, then great. Sure. 
Yeah, um, that may be going towards the fact that Magic is a very high variance game. Mm-hmm. And sometimes towards the end of a game, there's inevitable situations. You just can't get away from, oh, you know what? <laughs> Turn 10. Yeah, they finally drew their infinite combo. There's nothing I could do about it because we had a great game beforehand and we were just racing to see who could get there first. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one thing I'll say is the second place person plays the most amount of Magic, mm-hmm. right? Because the game stops after they die. Right. So they play the same amount as the first place person. So... The third and fourth that you can't necessarily say that was true. And we've all been in the games where you get knocked out kind of early and mm-hmm. you're the person watching for the last, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully not more than 15 minutes or so, but it can be a long time sometimes. Yeah. So I can see not wanting to be third or fourth just because just from a raw, like I am a spectator rather than an active participant mm-hmm. part. I'm also, I, I doing the thing is like a big thing. Like remember my example of Teferi's protection earlier yeah. and yeah. I could, the, the Teferi's protected player could definitely kill me. Mm. Yeah. I just killed the other two players and then died to them. Yeah. And it wasn't because I won a second place exactly, but as far as outcomes, I got to take out two players. My deck felt like I built it and I like, what's you play crater hoof behemoth. Mm-hmm. You want to attack, right? Yeah. <laughs> you want to have swung for 48,000 damage or whatever it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, if you play Crater Hoof Behemoth and somebody plays Teferi's Protection, you're going to swing at whoever's left mm-hmm. regardless right. of whether that's going to win you the game. I mean, not all the time, but that's a valid thing to do because whatever, I made all my creatures big. What I do that for nothing? I didn't come here to not do things. Mm-hmm. So I can see like that side of things. Also, like in the Teferi's Protection thing, I was thinking, if I kill both of them and then they kill me, we shuffle up, we play the next game. If I don't do that, then there's a decent chance I'm sitting here watching them play Chilling, yeah. 20 right. minutes from now, yeah. which is not a great outcome for me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons why second place can matter. Yeah, I, I think back to this Boros Charm example that happened on Sunday where it was like I was being taken da- out and it would have got it's it was down to two final players. And I could have cast this Boros Charm to take out one of those players and been like, you're the winner. Congratulations. And I decided not to because Boros Charm isn't like my deck's thing. Like I had done. <laughs> like, it just happened to work in that like I moment. Had, I had had a cool game. Right. My deck had done like I had I had done a ton of damage that game yeah. and was like, I, you know, the Boros Charm isn't going to make this game feel more satisfying to right. me. And it's just going to be like a huge bummer for the person that I kill because they're like, oh. I'm curious, Jimmy, do you so, cast the Boros Charm yeah. to kill the player yeah. attacking you? To kill the player attack, I mean, again, it, there's game memory. Yeah, it's, it's after it's, damage. So. I'm just saying, knowing yeah, what yeah, you know yeah. right now, do you do yeah. it? Probably. Yeah. Because it's funny. <laughs> that's, that's I one hundred percent do it. I don't even think about it. You yeah. attack me. If I can kill you, you're dead, and yeah. I don't care about the ramifications of yeah. anything else for any other players. Mm-hmm. You're attacking me. I'll do the most to you that I can, and right. if it means killing you and the other player winning, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's the deflecting. Fair. By the way, the deflecting palm from the other player. Sick. I would want to reward it. Oh, like, yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. 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 Sweet. You're playing deflecting palm on. Yeah. yeah. Like I, that's also I think ve- like. Worthy yeah. of reward. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah maybe there's but I'm a, not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying yeah, it's, it's interesting a, to see how different people would handle it, how you absolutely didn't. Yeah. yeah. I absolutely would. And Jimmy's like, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. I mean, because it would have been totally valid for me to just be like, be like, hey, you know what? I got four more damage. I got two man up. I might as well use it. And I'll, I'll throw my Serves final. you right. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll like shoot an arrow That's as magic, I'm falling baby. off a cliff. Yeah. yeah. I'll do- <laughs> it's a Legolas thing. You're <laughs> exactly. so cool when you die. Exactly. <laughs> um, maybe there's a difference then between king making and game making, which is like, this was a good game for me. I don't mm. care first, second, third, mm, fourth. Game making. But yeah. king making is way different. It's like, I'm going to make sure I, you get first or whatever. But game making seems like that completely throws the idea of first place out the window because as long as right. you had a good time that's what you were there for that's very interesting an idea that that you're like all right if i i'm taking I, something that i used to talk about a lot was every action i take is trying to optimize the time we're having right where it's like in you can optimize for 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 winning the game of course but if you're playing in in more casual pods which is largely my home group is is extremely casual the majority of pods are still pretty yeah, casual is, yeah is like i i find myself in moments where i'm very frustrated that i can't play optimally because it's like i will win too early right now if Uh-oh. i play optimally and it's very frustrating me as a player because i want to play well and i want it that's like how i get joy out of the game right so i've i had to reframe it to be like i'm optimizing to achieve something else i'm optimizing Mm -hmm. to make sure this is the best game it can be and then i'm playing to achieve that goal and then at least there's a goal and a purpose right like i have a really tough time playing a game where it's like oh i'm just sandbagging because it'll be weird right now yeah it's tough i don't want to play this dock side just just like i just want to run and i can't so (laughs) 
figuring out how to like I'll run in a different direction or still be able to play the game without you know crushing the spirit of the game or whatever is it was very it's a very tricky thing to do yeah I, I think we've all been in a situation where you sort of realize kind of early in the game that like oh my deck's more powerful than these yeah games. and yeah, i didn't yeah. mean for that to happen right yeah. we had our conversation but or my draw just yeah just turned it into yeah that, and those are yeah. tough moments to deal with and i think the way people deal with that tells us a lot about sort of them as a edh player and just a person that it, it is going to be good in a gaming group or not as far as reading the room and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. I often default to just sort of playing recklessly in those situations. So it's yeah. like, all right, oh, this hand's out. crazy. Yeah. And I'll play a very early Elish Norn, which mm. we saw me do, yeah. or a, which is not the smart play, but, but. I'm not going to do nothing because that's not fun for me and that's right. not optimizing total amount of fun. But what yeah. I'll do is just play in a sort of slightly suboptimal sequencing manner or something like that. I can do something really powerful. It's likely they'll be able to overcome it. They're all going to hate me now mm. and I'll become the arch enemy and at least now we're all getting something out of this. Whereas if I just like okay, optimally play my dock side into this, and then uh, then wait till next turn and do this. Hold up, I 100 percent win, and they don't do crap. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna do a big thing. I'm gonna tap out. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna give them an opening here. Just play recklessly. Yeah, I I talked about this a lot. Where it was like AD was in a game with Stang, where he was like, I had popped off, and it was like oh, the, Echo Twins. Yeah, yeah, it's super cool, and he had drawn a ton of cards, and he was like, we've we're we're really far ahead and he just tapped out he had like two protection spells in his hand it was like if they answer it great then the game will continue and everyone else will get to participate in this game and i have already done the cool sweet thing yeah and he ended up losing that game and that's fine because like he'd already done this cool sweet thing yeah he got to walk away feeling like yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you're either playing for yourself more or you're playing for the table more right and i think there's always gonna be a balance and we're not saying never play for yourself that yeah. has to happen for you to enjoy it but i feel like a lot of these scenarios end up being you know when do you play for the table and doing so in a way that makes you feel good at the end of it too because I don't want to be the person that also just plays more expensive cards than everyone else yeah. and wins the game like that doesn't make me feel good right yeah it's um I, I think this is all a, a super interesting part of rule zero and a, a, something that I really like about what CEDH does is they have their rule zero is so clear where it's like we're playing and our entire goal with every game action we make is to win the game by whatever means necessary. Yeah. Right. And that's extremely clear. And that has that has like an And everybody in the yeah. pot has signed that contract. Yeah. Right? yeah. And that has an, an intention with how you're going to play the game that says what cards are in your deck and it's much more co complicated for casual decks. But I think casuals uh, rule zero conversations are a lot more based on cards and a lot less based on intention. And it, we mm. should maybe shift that conversation a little bit and be like okay how like how do you want to concede in this game how do we handle concessions as a pod how do we like are we playing to like are, are we do we sandbag in this group is that like is that an expectation so mm -hmm. trying to set like social expectations rather than being like do you play mana crypt <laughs> because that may get you closer in the rule zero conversation than uh, yeah then absolutely individual cards, cards no context don't do a lot don't yeah it doesn't yeah. say anything yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, i mean yeah exactly they yeah, can be yeah. little signboards so they're not they're not zero information they're yeah. just not as much information as people think they are yeah right. yeah well i've seen it too where one person goes you have an underground senior deck you're the arch enemy it's like well it could be the literal only card like that in my whole deck yeah as well um well, it's an interesting situation because I think the next topic is one that Josh is familiar with, which is arch enemy that can become king making. <laughs> and it also combines the idea of sandbagging. Mm -hmm. So the scenario is one person's clearly ahead. Mm -hmm. All three players go, we have to team up. What's everyone's removal spells? Yeah. You, the savvy, quiet player, go, I have nothing. You have a lot. Mm -hmm. As a result, two players expend their resources. You help a little bit. Player goes down. Now, not only are you in the lead, you're in the lead with more cards. Everyone else has also depleted their resources, mm -hmm. so you've extended that more. That, in a way, is a king-making action, which is I'm actually not going to help the agreement at the table as much as mm -hmm. maybe I could because it doesn't help my long game. I don't know if that's king-making action, though, because that feels like a savvy strategical play to put you in a better position to win. Like, you're still trying to win that ultimately. That's mm -hmm. not a situation where, like, I cannot win. Sure. What you're trying to do is ride the line as close as possible. It's like, I think the other two players can probably get that arch enemy under control. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that will leave me after the three of them all fight it out above because they've all injured each other or possibly knocked, you know, mm -hmm. multiple of them have knocked each other out. I mean, the best way to win in Commander, it's the easiest way to win in Commander, is do very little mm -hmm. <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. And then do a lot, and All then win, yeah. and then win. Yeah, that is like that is that is. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to do that, right? Like if you want to win games of Commander, that's what I would tell everybody: is just like 
don't do much. Don't be scary. Hold cards in your hand that are good. Mm-hmm. Don't deploy them. And just wait until the opportune moment. You'll find it somewhere around turn eight, nine, or 10, and you will be able to, to win. It's not hard. It's hard to do a lot along the way and win, mm-hmm. you know. And I've learned this, and I'm, Jimmy, you know it, and Rachel, you know it, because when you play for camera, you play totally differently because yeah. you're trying to be exciting. So playing for camera is play recklessly more often just because splashy, big, exciting things are fun for the audience to see. You also really don't want to run the risk of, I don't do anything and I didn't do anything and the game ended. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, no, you have a chance to do something, go do it. Yeah. And make sure you get your, your whatever, your plays in before someone else may actually end the game for you. So that arch enemy holdback style, I think is a good default style for you to win games of Commander. And if that's how what you find fun, I think there's nothing wrong with it from a strategic decision. I don't, yeah. I don't know that you're kingmaking in that, in that sense. Maybe the difference is whether or not you're lying actively to the table. They're like, hey, Jimmy, can you do this? And you can, and you just constantly go, no, no. Or you're pointing the arch enemy towards other people. In a yeah. way. Like, I think if you're using it in a way that's a little more scummy, then you can get But I don't see that as scummy. It's no more than werewolf. To me, that's a werewolf fly. There's a different. You got to compartmentalize the game. Yeah. Maybe it's the deal. Also, I don't have to give you the information that you're not supposed to have, right? Unless I want to, and I'm allowed to lie to you about that information. Just like poker. Poker yeah, is a really good example, yeah, right? You yeah, represent yeah. that you have something that you don't. You bluff. You're not lying in the traditional sense of like mm. we're out at dinner talking about how yeah. our days went or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, My days suck. Actually, it was great. <laughs> actually, it was awesome. Actually, it was a really we've good We've all day. done that, right? Our yeah. friends having a bad day. Yeah. We've all done that, that yeah. too. But I, I think categorizing and lying is a little different in that, or scummy, I think. I think within the course of the game, you're kind of allowed to say, I don't have removal spell if you do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think something that I do a lot, whether intentionally or not, uh, is is uh, if a card is scary i will say out loud yeah. that it's scary yeah that scares me and that we've talked about this yeah, yeah it's I brilliant mean, it's a good p- political play like all that all the time and it's not a deal it's just flag yep and it's just planting flags in your opponent's board mm-hmm. and it's so you can like you can really impact what the table's threat assessment is by just saying things out loud yep um and I'd like people have talked about like you, you play quiet commander and that's a great way to to win. I like to play loud commander on other people's turns <laughs> and not by being like not saying my triggers out loud or not saying the cards or like trying to hide things yeah, like yeah. that's not clear game state is extremely yeah. important. But being like, I am afraid of that thing. Uh Oh, here that comes. Yeah. Oh, ugh, this. this again, yeah. like that kind of stuff goes so far in games to to be like to redirect removal spells that you may not have, but your opponents do. Mm-hmm. Or, um, yeah, you probably or, have too, but why use yours? Use, yeah. use your opponents. Yeah. We've talked about that a million times. Yeah. It's a... Uh, it and it's it's the it's a strategy that it's like it's not lying and it's not necessarily scummy it's just sort of shaping the 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 threat assessment of the table at least that's my perspective because i do it a lot so. yeah yeah and sometimes it really helps especially yeah. when your players or someone that doesn't know what a new card does and it yeah. may literally blank out their commander's decks whole thing right so in that case there's this whole world of good sportsmanship and it's not right. kingmaking mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. It's more just like directing things one way or the other. There are kingmaking scenarios like we talked about earlier, which is, hey, you're killing me. I can do something so bad to you that this person that hasn't won much is mm-hmm. going to win as a result. Yeah. And that's sort of like, is that a good sportsmanship thing or is that just game memory tied into it? Because mm-hmm. what you're doing is sure. I mean, like not only is it a good political move, but sometimes people do need to understand yeah. what the threat assessment is because not everyone is on the same level as you as well. It's also something that I try to do for my own cards, especially if I read that there's a new ta- player at the table. Like if I play a, a spell, I will be like, you should read this. Right. Like you should read the words on this card because it's going to impact your game or it's going to be scary long term. Um, usually it's like this will have major consequences for mm-hmm. your deck. Um, so, y- yeah. It's like I, when you put when you have to discard and you something important goes into your grid. Yeah. You like, make sure I think it's courteous and good sportsmanship. Michael Flattis. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the other one, uh, Darksteel Force. Darksteel Force. Yeah. yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, just because co- it's very complicated, and you yeah. shouldn't be hiding things in that manner. So that that kind of lying is bad. The other kind is okay. Yeah, there's a reason why when you draw cards, the game doesn't require you to just hold your cards facing everybody, right? right. You, you're allowed to conceal them, but when mm-hmm. the graveyard is open to everybody. So yeah, if you if you put a flashback card in there or something that matters, I think it's courteous and good sportsmanship to say, hey, just so everybody knows this is in here or these important cards are in there. Or you might want to look through my graveyard, you know, just so that you don't get blindsided. I'm not going to tell yeah. you what, there's 20 cards in there, but you should probably look. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
that it's I think it's good sportsmanship to do stuff like that. Obviously, if you're in a tournament or something, that is their responsibility. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think all that's wrapped up in really complicated things about what is okay and what isn't, what's scummy and what's not. Mm. And a lot of it is just kind of, you know, it when you see it stuff, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think in general sportsmanship has to do with that. You talked about new players. Mm. Yeah. I think you absolutely should treat new players differently than you would treat um, veteran players. Yeah. Uh, as far as like their game knowledge and not trying to be as tricky. Poli- you, you like you, like a player that knows what they're doing, you can point to something on the board and sort of, improperly threat assess it and try and push them in that direction because they should know yeah enough with you know you're like listen it's your own threat assessment and if i can mess with it that's your fault right but if it's a new player you probably don't want to be playing those types of games mm. because they don't have the context to understand yeah, yeah. yeah. and that feels misleading where yeah. it, like they're they're coming in with with bright eyes yeah. <laughs> with everything on their sleeve you know it's, if you don't do this you're gonna have a bad time they're still worried yeah. about what? what cards do yeah so it, it's not fair to also yeah. to have them in that same you know right yeah. on top of that wonder who's telling me the truth in everything they're saying right yeah, away yeah, yeah. you right. know they're yeah. having trouble with the literal magic part you don't need to add the social trickery part to yeah. it yet <laughs> but once you're to the point where everybody clearly knows the rules and mm-hmm. they're not worried about what cards do now you get to introduce sort of the werewolf aspect of it the, yeah. part, the part where like i'm yeah yeah i'm socially trying to manipulate people you know and right yeah. make political deals and point out threats that mm-hmm. aren't real or say i have removal spells that i don't and mm. then that it's weird because it flips from like bad sportsmanship to just totally fine to yeah, sportsmanship yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to gamesmanship to really. gamesmanship yeah. sure sure yeah it's um it's interesting i mean so let's let's talk about let's talk about spite plays um, just as a concept because they're a little different than king making. They sure. have less like yeah. actual game consequences, and they're but they happen as a result of king making quite often. Right. I, I I think of spite like spite plays are as any play that's made emotionally rather than like strategically. Yeah. So it's anything that you make to be like I'm like an eye for an eye type of deals where like you remove this, I'm going to remove that. And I remember this from last time. How dare you? I'm going to do this instead. Exactly. Yeah, um, and I, I consider those spite plays, whether that's a great name for them or not, is, you know, to each their own. But um, any, it's just, I'm, I'm going to do this because I want to, like, check you a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Oxford language's description is a desire to hurt, annoy, or offend someone. Ooh. That's what spite means? Yeah. yeah. So I think it is interesting because spite is not necessarily the most toxic thing in the world. There right. are levels to spite. For instance, right. when I play against Craig, we do weird spite things to each other that we both just look at each other and laugh about. And it may not affect anything else in the game, but we're just doing it because we we carry old friends' spitefulness or whatever. And it's like more right. a desire to annoy the other person. Right. But I think it when spite plays are done emotionally or done in a way that's like, it becomes more than just words, more than just game actions. It's actually like, hey, that kind of hurt my feelings or mm. that's really not chill what happened. That's when spite gets into the very dangerous territory that turns play groups bad or right. into toxic environments where people are afraid to do things or don't want to come back. I think absolutely. You can make the argument though that no spite plays also can let things go in a bad direction, mm. right? Because like it's the whole thing. Like you got to stand up to bullies sometimes, and sometimes the your best way to do it is spite playing. Like True. hit them back. You have sometimes <laughs> yeah. you got to like set the precedent of like you're kind of picking on me, and I know you're doing it, mm. and I'm gonna. I'm going to bring that out into the open by making some plays that you cause you to be like, what the heck? And I, then I get to say, well, you're, you're you've been bullying me all night. Yeah. Yeah. Surround and find out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Th- and that can actually bring you to an equilibrium. Mm. Whereas if you just let them continue to do it, like what's your alternative? So I think like even spike plays kind of have their place. And again, it's a, you know, when you see it kind of stuff, it's hard to yeah. like, yeah. Which is like, what's tough about sort of talking about all of these things. But mm. in general, like I'm mostly fine and I've been checked too, where people are like, and you know, if you're fair about it, you think back, okay, yeah, I've kind mm-hmm. of countered your stuff or I didn't, right. you know, let you whatever, or I killed your commander, you know, right away. Cause I'm scared of your deck. And it's mm. probably cause I lost to it last time. And maybe it's like, yeah, I still feel justified in it, but I get that you know what I'm doing and that's, that's all fair. Yeah. I think any season player group too, that has like played D and D together, Spite is a very, actually, coffin recurring thing in the story. Like, your character is about to go through this. You know what? Screw that. Because of this, I'm going to do this instead. Or I'm going to act in this way. And it's out of the character. And I think we also all bring characters to the table when we play. It's either mm-hmm. our deck or the way that we play it. So I think 
don't be afraid of spite plays in to josh's point and just understand when it crosses the line yeah that's the big one i think yeah. spite spite is in human nature too so it is a little bit the law of nature they have done a lot of studies where it would not be to the benefit of a person to act in a spiteful way and they, they still will to injure a person that they see has acted unfairly towards them mm-hmm. and there's been a lot of like psychological studies about it and so that's in some ways hardwired into like human nature so i think allowing for some of that of like you, it should be calculated in, right? Because this yeah. is how we are wired to yeah. behave, and acting like this is not how people should behave is not correct. That is not. Yeah, that is not yeah. how it works. Yeah, yeah. There are twenty one cards in Magic that use spite or spiteful, so they also agree that spite's part of the game. Spite is a part of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I. I think a good commander game is a good story. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that spite plays or emotional plays are part of that story. And if they're like, you came for me and I came for you and now I look how I flip the tables on you. Like that's part of making a fun commander game. Yeah. But like you said, there is is a line for so many people where like if it starts, if it starts impacting who shows up to game night. Yeah. Yeah. If it starts impacting like whether people feel safe around super people uh, s- uh, specific people or Hostile, yeah. yeah the way that they speak at, at a table where you're like i do not feel like we are playing the same kind of game here yeah yeah um that kind of stuff obviously crosses a line and it's going to come from that kind of communication i think should cut co- what should happen out of game where you're, you're like look the way that you talked to me in the game did not make me feel good i did not have a fun time we were not just kidding right and like i've had friends very good friends that i played commander with and we played differently enough that I was like, we cannot, we're not compatible pod mates. <laughs> right. Because we're, we're aiming at different targets. We're aiming at different targets. We're having, we're like, you get very upset when this happens. And that's just parts of, of the get kind of games I play where it's like, I play in a casual meta and you are not, do not react well to like bad plays. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was just like, you, we're, we're not a compatible in a pod and that, and we're much better friends now that we, now that we don't play commander with each other regularly. Yeah. That's a really good point. Not playing magic together does not mean you cannot be friends with the person. Right? Yeah. Oh, we're <laughs> good. Like, and we love to give each other crap outside of a game and like fight and the, like, it's all in good fun. But at a commander table, it escalated stuff too much where it was just like, you know what? Neither of us are having a good time. Right. We're, we're this is too much. So I think just making sure that the relationship is healthy outside of the game, like as soon as the, what happens in the game starts to leak out of the game, right? Yeah, that's yeah. when stuff really becomes a problem. Yeah. It's the moment when the spite plays in the game are tied to how you feel about someone in real life, as mm. opposed to intrinsically tied to game action or extrinsically tied to like the game play group and the dynamic in the yeah. group. Yeah. And it's very easy to blend those lines. Like I think a big thing that we always forget is we go to play magic as an escape we go to do it as a way to relieve stress, anxiety, whatever it is. Clear some burden from our plate. No, Jimmy, I'm going to be a professional. I'm going to be the next Reed Duke. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. This is back when we first I'm started the podcast. I'm the Reed Duke of Commander. Yeah. I'm the Reed Duke of Commander. <laughs> Too bad. fundamental misunderstanding. Oh, man. I got to go to the gym more. If I'm there is a Reed Duke of Commander. Commander. His name is Reed Duke. Yeah. <laughs> He's also really good at Commander. <laughs> yeah. So don't forget all those factors because that is when Spite turns into a, hey, like maybe we should think about yourself as a human as opposed to the one that's just in the game mm. and now you're lashing up because you know things are a little bit out of control yeah yeah i would say too like spite plays should be pretty rare mm-hmm. and yeah. if it's uh, happening a lot then there's probably a problem and you're probably like not using them correctly when i say they are right. a thing that can be used for good mm. it i think that is true but if it's if there's a lot of spite plays happening there's probably some other like underlying issues yeah the tension is coming from somewhere else not yeah, the game right because yeah. it definitely is fair <laughs> and to not be conflict averse and to like yeah. you know take things on and be like you know this is annoying to me in game and i'm going to make a statement mm-hmm. here but like if you're doing that all the time then uh, yeah. yeah so there's something else going on that's causing that to have to come up a lot yeah, uh, yeah totally. and it might be with you it might be with other people but mm-hmm. yeah 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 Okay. All right. The spite is coming from outside the house. (laughs) That's very funny. All right. Sum it all up. I think we covered a lot of stuff here. I think the thing that resonates to me most is there's a big difference between king making and game making. And Mm -hmm. it seems to be from your Twitter poll that a lot of people with 67% plus care about game making more than anything Mm -hmm. else. And I think that's a common theme we've seen slowly across Commander for a long time because also four player games, you should not expect to win every game. So having that extra sort of expectation on top helps you understand okay in these scenarios when i am king making maybe it's not as impactful or spiteful as 
it may be in like I don't know your weekly Settlers of Catan game mm. because that person you could, you did everything. I'm just going to kill you. You know it's fine. You may not win this game, and I may give you the game to someone else, but at least we all had a good time. Is the ideal I think yeah. for a lot of uh, king making that doesn't get into the. I'm so worried that what I do here is going to affect my future performance and my future invitation to other game nights games or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I I think a good rule for this kind of stuff is if it's sweet, do it. Yeah, you know, like if you have an awesome way to 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 make cards interact and be like, I'm gonna kill you in a way nobody's ever won before, even if it's too early or if it's like you're worried about like it's it if it makes the game better if it feels like more full or more interesting or people will laugh all of those make commander better yeah and regardless of whether you win or not if it's a moment that people will be like i was playing this game and this guy did this thing and it was (laughs) crazy because like that's how you win commander is is you have stories told about it later true yeah i think we've talked a lot on this episode about king making from the perspective of the king maker right but a lot of the you know problems come from the other side of the fence which is mm-hmm. the people who did not get the crown put on their head yeah right. <laughs> yeah and that is there's a feel bad there yeah often when like i would have won but this other player did a thing that doesn't make logical sense to me mm-hmm. and feels like they decided the outcome not in my favor and in some ways that doesn't feel legitimate, right? Mm. That's really yeah. where the, a lot of the griping comes from about kingmaking. Yeah, it's not the kingmaker. It's the ones that lost as a result of the kingmaker. Yeah, and I would yeah. say that, like, for one, and we, we've said this on the show for years, give people a break, right? Like, most mm. people are just trying to do the best they can, and they are trying. And we don't always hit the targets we're aiming at. You know, you're trying to you're trying to game make. You're trying to make a cool moment. It mm. doesn't always it <laughs> doesn't always land in the way you thought it would. Yeah, you don't always realize you know everybody else's perspective. You don't calculate everything correctly. But I also think too, like when I said earlier, all reasons are valid. Whatever reasons they had to make their king making thing is probably valid to them. Mm. Yeah, and so just understanding that, like, oh, maybe they just I've won two or three games and they didn't feel like letting me win, or maybe mm-hmm. whatever it is, it made sense in their head, and it probably wasn't like you know super malicious against you as a person might be against you as a commander player because we we hear from people all the time still that are like my play group doesn't let me win anymore (laughs) and it's almost always when you talk to them and break it down because you won a lot for a long time or in a way that made people not want you to win anymore (laughs) yeah so that bitter taste in your mouth i'm sorry to tell you this but it's your fault it was the consequences of your own actions yeah and yeah there's it's not bs it is real and they are responding to stimulus and the stimulus was if we give this person an inch they will win every time and they don't seem to understand that they need to let us play the game and have fun Mm -hmm. so we're not gonna let them play the game and have fun and so you you're gonna have to pay your penance for a while and prove to them that they can allow you to play as a normal player and that's gonna take as much time invested as it took you to get to that point Mm -hmm. so yeah i would just say like from both sides, try and give each other, everybody a break yeah. and not like immediately think like, you know, they're a jerk or whatever. For or, most, or they're so bad, how could they play like this illogically, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, why would you yeah. they destroy that thing and not that thing? And blah, blah. It, it made like, sense to them. They're pr- probably doing the best they can and like whatever, shuffle up and play again. For, yeah. for most stuff, you don't have to like, you know, it, you shouldn't be turning the dial, the DEFCON dial up at all, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, not for the most part. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I think if you're, if you're getting really hurt by not being the king maid, um, try and reinvest in what you want out of this game. Because if all you want is the, to win, there are easier formats to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Commander, it is 25% of the time if you're lucky. All right. To the listeners... Have you found yourself in a king-making situation? What was it? Were they uh, easy decisions to come out of? Spite plays? Ooh. Or were some wild endgame setups that made everybody lose their mind? We'd love to hear from you in the comments on Twitter. You can email us if you're on our Patreon. You can Discord us. We'll hear from you any way, shape, or form that you want to do it. Yeah, and maybe you're going to need a card to create that situation where the king-making is even possible. <laughs> you got to pick one up at cardkingdom.com slash command. There's so many options. We've got instance. We've got instance. 
And we've got instants for you at cardkingdom.com slash command and every other card in the format that you can imagine. Uh, shopping from them is great because you can just copy paste in the deck list. It'll show you all the different versions depending on which quality version you want to buy. You can get a budget build going together as well as the blingiest thing you could imagine. But it's all from one place, cardkingdom.com slash command. Great customer service. They'll send the stuff direct to you in one package and it's easy to go. It's convenient as well as just, you know, great service and great uh, selection from a huge, huge supply of cards. Yeah, and of course, once you get those cards, you want to keep them protected, go to ultrapro.com slash command. That's the place that we trust our own collections to here at the Command Zone. They have amazing sleeves. They've got really sturdy deck boxes. They have awesome play mats. They have the license agreements with Wizards of the Coast, so you can theme everything out. You can make your battlefield look awesome, but also protect all of your game pieces. Both things very important. Mm -hmm. Ultrapro.com slash command. They also have all kinds of discounts and deals. I would recommend signing up for their newsletter because oh, yeah. they will send you out like warnings and I don't like a lot of junk in my emails. Me too. This is the only one I click yeah. on. Ultra Pro's like 15, 50% off. I'm like, on what? Yeah. <laughs> this is one of the ones you want because it actually is to your benefit. So yeah, yeah highly recommend ultrapro.com slash command. Yeah, big thank you to our amazing team who made this episode possible. Thank you to Craig Blanchett, Damon Lentz, Arthur Metacroft, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Jordan Pridgen, Sam Waldo, Gaurav Galati, Jamie Block, Mitch Trafford, Evan Limburger, Gabriel Pozos, <gasps> Megan Yip, and Eric Lem. Thanks, you remember guys. when we used to be able to do it in one breath? I can't. I ran. I had to breathe twice in there. <laughs> I think it, two times. Circle like twenty nineteen. And three of us are here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Big thanks to our team. Thanks to everybody out there for watching. And we will see you next time. Peace. Bye bye. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs>